Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, by William Shakespeare. Act 1, Scene 1. Elsinore, a platform next to the castle. Who's there? Answer me. Stand and unfold yourself. Long live the king. Bernardo? He? You most carefully upon your hour. Tis now struck twelve. Get thee to bed, Francisco. For this relief much thanks. This bitter cold, I'm sick at heart. Have you had a quiet guard? Not a mouse stirring. Hmm. Well, good night. If you do meet Horatio and Marcellus, the riders of my watch, bid them make haste. I think I hear them. Stand, ho, who's there? Friends to this ground. And ligament to the day. Give you good night. Bernardo has my place. Hola, Bernardo. Say what? Is Horatio there? Peace of him. Welcome, Horatio. Welcome, good Marcellus. Has this thing appeared again tonight? I have seen nothing. Horatio says, this but our fantasy, and will not let belief take hold of him, touching this dreaded sight twice seen of us. Therefore I have entraded him along with us to watch the minutes of this night, that if again this operation came, he may approve our eyes and speak to it. Tush, tush, it will not appear. Sit down a while, and let this once again assail your ears, that is so fortified against our story that we have two nights seen. Well, sit we down, and let us hear Bernardo speak of this. Last night of all, when you yon same star, that's westward from the pole had made his course to loom that part of heaven where now it burns, Marcellus and I myself, the bell then beating one, Peace, break thee off. Look where it comes again. In the same figure like the king that's dead. The word is color. Speak to Horatio. Looks it not like the king? Mark it, Horatio. Most like. It harrows me with fear and wonder. It would be spoke to. Question it, Horatio. What art thou? that usurpest this time of night, together with that fair and warlike form in which the majesty of buried Denmark did sometimes march? By heaven, I charge thee speak. It is offended. See, it stalks away. Stay. Speak. Speak. I charge thee, speak. It's gone. It will not answer. How <laughs> now, Horatio? You tremble and you look pale. Is it not this something more than fantasy? What think you want? Before my God, I might not disbelieve without the sensible and true avouch of mine own eyes. Is it not like the king? As thou art to thyself. Such was the very armor he had on when he the ambitious Norway combated. So frowned he once when, in an angry parl, he smote the slutted Polacks on the ice. Tis strange. Thus twice before and jump at this dead hour, with martial stock hath to be gone by our watch. In what particular thought to work I know not, but in the gross and scope of mine opinion, this bodes some strange eruption to our state. Good now, sit down and tell me, he that knows, why did some strict and most observant watch so nightly toils the subject of the land, and why such daily cast of brazen cannon and foreign mart for implements of war. Why such impress of shipwrights, whose sore task does not divide the Sunday from the week? What might be toward that is sweet haste, thus make the night joint laborer with the day? Who is that can inform me? That can I. At least the whisper goes so. Our last king, whose image even but now appeared to us, was, as you know, by Fortinbras of Norway. There too pricked on by a most emulate pride, dared to the combat, in which our valiant Hamlet, for so this side of our known world esteemed him, did slay this Fortinbras, who by a sealed compact, well ratified by law and heraldry, did forfeit with his life all those his lands, which he stood seized of to the conqueror, against the which a moiety competent was gauged by our king, which had returned to the inheritance of Fortinbras, had he been vanquisher as, by the same covenant, carriage of the article designed, his fell to Hamlet. Now, sir, young Fortinbras, of unimproved metal, hot and full, hath in the skirts of Norway here and there sharked up a list of lawless resolutes for food and diet to some enterprise that hath a stomach in it, which is no other, as it doth well appear unto our state, but to recover of us by strong hand and terms compulsory those foresaid lands, so by his father lost, and this, I take it, is the main motive of our preparations, the source of this our watch, 
and the chief head of this post-haste and rummage in the land. I think it'd be no other but Ian So. Well may it so that this portentous figure comes armed through our watch, so like the king. That was and is the question of these wars. A mote it is to trouble the mind's eye. In the most high and palmy state of Rome, a little ere the mightiest Julius fell, the graves stood tenantless, and the sheeted dead did squeak and gibber in the Roman streets. As stars with trains of fire and dews of blood, disasters in the sun, and the moist star upon whose influence Neptune's empire stands was sick, almost to doomsday with eclipse, and even the like precursor feared events as harbingers preceding still the fates and prologue to the omen coming on, have heaven and earth together demonstrated unto our climatures and countrymen. But soft, behold, lo, where it comes again, I'll cross it though it blast me. Stay, illusion, if thou hast any sound or use of voice, speak to me. If there be any good thing to be done that may to thee do ease and grace to me, speak to me. If thou art privy to thy country's fate, which happily foreknowing may avoid, oh, speak. Or if thou hast abhorred in thy life extorted treasure in the womb of earth, for which they say your spirits oft walk in death, speak of it. Stay and speak. Stop it, Marcellus. Shall I strike at it with my partisan? Do if it will not stand. It's here. It's... Tis here. It's gone. You do it wrong, being so majestical, to offer it a show of violence. For it is, as the air, invulnerable, and our wane blows maliciously mockery. This was about to speak when the cock grew. And then it started like a guilty thing upon a fearful summons. I have heard the cock that is the trumpet to the morn doth with his lofty and shrill-sounding throat awake the god of day, and at his warning, whether in sea or fire, in earth or air, the extravagant and erring spirit hies to his confine, and of the truth herein, this present object made probation. It faded on the growing of the cock. Some say that ever gains that season comes, wherein our Savior birth is celebrated. The bird of dawning singeth all night long, and then, they say, no spirit dare stir abroad. The nights are wholesome, and no planets strike, no fairy talks, no witch hath power to charm. So hallowed and so gracious is that time. So have I heard, and do in part believe it, but look, the morn, in russet mantle clad, walks over the dew of yon high eastward hill. Break we our watch up. And by my advice, let us impart what we have seen tonight unto young Hamlet. For upon my life, this spirit, dumb to us, will speak to him. Do you consent we shall acquaint him with it, as needful in our loves, fitting our duty? Let's do it. I pray. And I this morning know where we shall find him most conveniently. Act 1, Scene 2. Though yet of Hamlet our dear brother's death, memory be green, and that it us be fitted to bear our hearts in grief and our whole kingdom, to be contracted in one brow of woe. Yet so far hath discretion fought with nature that we with wisest sorrow think on him, together with the remembrance of ourselves. Therefore, our sometimes sister, now our queen, the imperial jointress to this warlike state, have we, as twere with a defeated joy, with an auspicious and a dropping eye, with mirth in funeral and with dirge in marriage, an equal scale weighing delight and dole, taken to wife. Nor have we herein barred your better wisdom, which have freely gone with this affair along. For all, our thanks now follows that you know. Young Fortinbras, holding a weak supposal of our worth, or thinking by our late dear brother's death, our state to be disjoint and out of frame, colleagued with the dream of his advantage. He hath not failed to pester us with message importing the surrender of those lands lost by his father with all bounds of law to our most valiant brother. So much for him. Now for ourself and for this time of meeting, thus much the business is. We have here writ to Norway, uncle of young Fortinbras, who impotent and bedrid, scarcely hears of this his nephew's purpose, to suppress his further gate herein, and that the levies, the lists, and full proportions are all made out of his subject. And we here dispatch you, good Cornelius, and you, Voltamond, forbearers of his greeting to old Norway. 
giving to you no further personal power to business with the king more than the scope of these dilated articles allow. Farewell, and let your haste commend your duty. In that and all things we show our duty. We doubt it nothing. Heartily farewell. And now, Laertes, what's the news with you? You told us of some suit. What is it, Laertes? You cannot speak of reason to the Dane and lose your voice. What wouldst thou beg, Laertes, that shall not be my offer, not thy asking? The head is not more native to the heart, the hand more instrumental to the mouth than is the throne of Denmark to thy father. What wouldst thou have, Laertes? My dread lord, your leave and favor to return to France, from whence though willingly I came to Denmark to show my duty in your coronation. Yet now I must confess that duty done, my thoughts and wishes bend again toward France and bow them to your gracious leave and pardon. Have you your father's leave? What says Polonius? He hath, my lord, won for me my slow leave by laboursome petition, and at last upon his will I sealed my hard consent. I do beseech you, give him leave to go. Take thy fair hour, Laertes. Time be thine, and thy best grace is spended at thy will. But now, my cousin Hamlet and my son, a little more than kin and less than kind. How is it that the clouds still hang on you? Not so, my lord. I am too much in the sun. Good Hamlet, cast thy nighted color off and let thine eye look like a friend on Denmark. Do not forever with thy veiled lids seek for thy noble father in the dust. Thou knowest tis common that all lives must die, passing through nature to eternity. Aye, madam, it is common. If it be, why seems it so particular with thee? Seems. Madam, nay, it is. I know not. Seems. Tis not alone my inky cloaked mother, nor customary suits of solemn black, nor windy suspiration of forced breath, no, nor the fruitful river in the eye, nor the dejected behavior of the visage, together with all forms, moods, and shapes of grief that can denote me truly. These indeed seem, for they are actions that a man might play. For I have that within which paths show that these are but the trappings and the suits of woe. Tis sweet and commendable in your nature, Hamlet, to give these mourning duties to your father. But you must know your father lost a father. That father lost, lost his. And the survivor bound in filial obligation for some term to do obsequious sorrow, but to persevere in obstinate condolement is of a course of impious stubbornness. Tis unmanly grief. It shows a will most incorrect to heaven, a heart unfortified, a mind impatient, an understanding simple and unschooled. For what we know must be and is as common as any the most vulgar thing to sense. Why should we in our peevish opposition take it to heart? Fie! Tis a fault to heaven, a fault against the dead, a fault to nature, to reason most absurd whose common theme is death of fathers, and who still hath cried from the first course till he that died today, this must be so. We pray you, throw to earth this unprevailing woe, and think of us as of a father. For let the world take note, you are the most immediate to our throne, and with no less nobility of love than that which dearest father bears his son, do I impart toward you for your intent in going back to school in Wittenberg. It is most retrograde to our desire, and we beseech you, bend you to remain here in the cheer and comfort of our eye, our chiefest courtier, cousin, and our son. Let not thy mother lose her prayers, Hamlet. I pray thee, stay with us. Go not to Wittenberg. I shall in all my best obey him. Well, tis a loving and a fair reply. Be as ourself in Denmark, madam, come. This gentle and unforced accord of Hamlet sits smiling to my heart. In grace whereof no jocund health that Denmark drinks today, but the great cannon to the clouds shall tell, and the kings rouse the heavens shall brute again, respeaking earthly thunder. Come away. That this too, too solid flesh would melt and turn itself into a dew. Or that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. 
Oh, God. God, how weary, stale, flat, and unprofitable seems this world to me. Oh, fie on it. It's an unweeded garden that grows to seed. Things rank and gross in nature possess it merely. <sighs> that it should come to this. Two months dead. Nay, no, no, nay, not so much. Not two. And so excellent a king that this was like Hyperion to a satyr. So loving to my mother that he might not be teen, the winds of heaven visit her face too roughly. Heaven and earth must I remember why she would hang on him as if an increase of appetite had grown by what it fed on. And yet, within a month, let me not think on it. Frailty. Thy name is woman. A little month. Where those shoes were old with it, she followed my forefather's body. Like Niobe. All tears. Why she? Even she. A beast that once discourse of reason would have mourned longer. And married with my uncle. My father's brother. Yeah, but no more like my father than I to Hercules. Within a month, they are yet the salt of the most unrighteous tears that left the flushing of her golly die she married. <sighs> most wit speed to post with such dexterity to incestuous sheets. It is not, nor cannot come to good. Break my heart. I must hold my tongue. Hail to your lordship. <sighs> I am glad to see you well, Horatio, or, or I do forget myself. The same, my lord, and your poor servant ever. Ah, sir, my good friend, I will change that name with you. And what makes you from Wittenberg, Horatio? Marcellus. My good lord. <laughs> I'm very glad to see you. And, uh, and good evening, sir. But what in faith makes you from Wittenberg? A truant disposition. Good, my lord. I will not hear your enemies say so. And nor shall you do mine ear that violence to make a trust of your own report against yourself. I know you are no truant. But what is your affair in Elsinore? So we'll teach you to drink deep air before you depart. My lord, I came to see your father's funeral. I pray you, do, do not mock me, fellow student. I think it was to see my mother's wedding. Indeed, my lord, it followed hard upon. It's thrift, thrift, Rachel. The funeral baked meats did coldly furnish forth the marriage tables. Would I have met my dearest foe in heaven or have I had seen that day, Horatio? Methinks me sees my father. Where, my lord? In my mind's eye, Horatio. I saw him once. He was a goodly king. Ah, he was a man. You take him for all in all, and I shall not ever look upon his like again. My lord, I think I saw him yesternight. You saw who? My lord, the king, your father. The king, my father? Season your admiration for a while with an attent ear, till I may deliver upon the witness of these gentlemen this marvel to you. Well, well, well for God's sake, let me hear. Two nights together had these gentlemen, Marcellus and Barnardo, on their watch in the dead waste in the middle of the night, been thus encountered, a figure like your father, armed at point exactly, Kappa P, appears before them and with solemn march goes slow and stately by them. 
Thrice he walked by their oppressed and fear-surprised eyes within his truncheon's length, whilst they, distilled almost to jelly with the act of fear, stand dumb and speak not to him. This to me in dreadful secrecy in part they did, and I with them the third night kept the watch, where as they had delivered both in time, form of the thing, each word made true and good, the apparition comes. I knew your father. These hands are not more like. Well, where was this? My lord, upon the platform where we watch. And did you speak to it? My lord, I did. But answer made it none. Yet once methought it lifted up its head and did address itself to motion, like as it would speak. But even when the morning cock crew loud, and at the sound it shrunk in haste away, and it vanished from our sight. Tis very strange. As I do live, my honored lord, tis true. And we did think it writ down in our duty to let you know of it. Indeed. Indeed, sirs. This troubles me. Hold you watch tonight. Do, my lord. We do, my lords. And armed, say you? Armed, armed my lords. my lords. From top to toe? From, my lord, lord, from head, from to, head foot. to foot. Well, then saw you not his face? Yes, my lord. But he wore his beaver up. And what? Looked he frowningly? A countenance more in sorrow than in anger. Is he pale or red? Nay, very pale. And he fixed his eyes upon you? Most constantly. I oh, wouldn't have been there. It would have much amazed you. Oh, very like, very like. Stayed at law. One with moderate haste might tell a hundred? Longer. 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 Well, not when I saw it. His beard was grizzled, no? It was, as I've seen it in his life, a sable silvered. Well, I will watch tonight. Perchance to walk again. I warn it will. And if it assume my noble father's person, then I'll speak to it. Though hell itself should gape and bid me hold, hold my peace. Look, I pray you all, if, if you have here the to conceal this sight, let it be tenable in your silence still. Now, whatever should happen tonight, just give it an understanding, but no tongue, and I will requite your loves. So fare you well. Upon the platform, tricks 11 and 12, I'll visit you. Our duty to your honor. Our duty to your honor. And your loves is mine to you. Farewell. Father's spirit in arms. All is not well. I doubt some foul play. But the night would come. Till then, sit still, my soul. Those foul deeds will rise, though all the earth overwhelmed them to men's eyes. Act 1, Scene 3. My necessities are embarked. Farewell. And sister, as the winds give benefit and convey as assistant, do not sleep, but let me hear from you. Do you doubt that? For Hamlet and the trifling of his favour, hold it in a fashion and a toy in blood, a violet in the use of primary nature. Forward, not permanent. Sweet, not lasting. The perfume and supplements of a minute, no more. No more, but so. Think it no more. For nature crescent does not grow alone, enthuse and bulk, but as this temple waxes, the inward service of the mind and soul grows wide with all. Perhaps he loves you now, and now no soil nor cortal doth besmirch the virtue of his will. But you must fear his greatness, Wade. His will is not his own. For he himself is subject to his birth. He may not, as unvalued persons do, carve for himself. For on his choice depends the safety and health of this whole state. And therefore must his choice be circumscribed. 
and to the voice and yielding of that body, whereof he is the head. Then if he says he loves you, it fits your wisdom so far to believe it, as he in his particular act and place may give his saying deed, which is no further than the main voice of Denmark goes withal. Then weigh what loss your honor may sustain, if with too credent an ear you list his songs, or lose your heart, or your chaste treasure open to his unmastered importunity. Fear it, Ophelia, fear it, my dear sister, and keep you in the rear of your affection, out of the shot and danger of desire. The chariot's maid is prodigal enough if she unmask her beauty to the moon. Virtue itself escapes not calumnious strokes. The canker galls the infants of the spring too oft before their buttons be disclosed. And in the morn and liquid dew of youth, contagious blasphemies are most imminent. Be wary then, their safety lies in fear. Youth to itself rebels, though none else near. I shall the effect of this good lesson keep as watchman to my heart. But good, my brother, do not, as some ungracious pastors do, show me the steep and thorny way to heaven, whilst, like a puffed and reckless libertine, himself the primrose path of Dalian streets, and wrecks not his own reed. Oh, fear me not. I stay too long, but here my father comes. A double blessing is a double grace. Occasion smiles upon a second leave. Yet here, let us all aboard for shame. The wind sits in the shoulder of your sail, and your state for. There my blessings with thee and these few precepts in thy memory. Look thou character, give thy thoughts no tongue, nor any unproportioned thought his act. Be thou familiar, but by no means vulgar. Those friends thou hast in their adoption tried, grapple them into thy soul with hoops of steel, but do not dull thy palm with entertainment of each new hatched and fledged comrade. Beware of entrance to a quarrel, but being in bear that the opposed may beware of thee. Give every man thy ear, but few thy voice. Take uh, each man's censure, but reserve thy judgment. Costly thy habit is there. Thy purse can buy, but not expressed in fancy. Rich, not gaudy. For the apparel oft proclaims the man, and day in France, of the best rank and station are the most selected generous chief in that. <laughs> uh, neither borrow, were, nor a lender be, for a loan oft loses both itself and friend, and borrowing dulls the edge of husbandry. Uh, this above all, to thy own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day, thou canst not be false to any man. Uh, well, farewell, my blessing season, this in thee. Most humbly do I take my leave, my lord. Uh, the time invites you. Go, go your servant's tent. Farewell, Ophelia, and remember well what I have said to you. This in my memory locked, and you yourself shall keep the key of it. Farewell. What's it, Ophelia? He said to you. So, please you, something touching to Lord Hamlet. Very well bethought. Just told me he had very oft of late given private time to you, and uh, you yourself have of your audience been most free and bounteous. Uh, if it be so, as uh, tis put on me, uh, that in way of caution, I must tell you, um, you do not understand yourself so clearly as it behooves my daughter and your honour. What is between you? Give me up the truth. He hath, my lord, of late made many tenders of his affection to me. Affections? Pooh! You speak like a green girl, and sifted in such perilous circumstance. Uh, do you believe this, his tenders, as you call them? I do not know, my lord. What I should think? Mary, I, I will teach you. Think yourself a baby that you obtain these tenders for true pay, which are not sterling. Tender yourself more dearly, or not to crack the wind of the poor phrase running it thus, you'll tender me a fool. My lord, he hath importuned me with love in honourable fashion. I fashion, you may call it. Go to, go to. And has given countenance to his speech, my lord, with almost all the holy woes of heaven. Aye, springes to catch woodcocks. I do know when the blood burns how prodigal the soul lends the tongue house. These blazes, daughter, giving more light than heat, extinct in both, even in their promise, as it is a making. You must not take for fire. From this time, 
It'd be somewhat scanter of your maiden presence, set your treatments at a higher rate than a command to parley. For Lord Harmlet believes so much in him that he is young, and with a, a larger tether may he walk than may be given you. In few, Ophelia, do not believe his vows, for they are broken, for not of that dye which their investments show, but more mere implorations of un unholy suits, uh, breathing like sanctified and pious balls, uh, the better to beguile. This is for all. I would not, in plain terms, from this time forth, have you so slander any moment leisure as to give words or talk with the Lord Hamlet. Look to it, I charge you. Come your ways. I shall obey, my lords. Act 1, Scene 4. Here bites shrewdly. It is very cold. It's a nipping in an eager air. What hour now? I think it lacks of twelve. No, it is struck. Indeed? I heard it not. It then draws near the season wherein the spirit held his want to walk. What does this mean, my lord? The king doth wake tonight and takes his rouse. He keeps what sail and the swaggering upspring reels. And as he drains his droughts of ruinous down the kettle drum and the trumpet does bray out the triumph of his pledge. Is it a custom? Aye, Mary, it is. But to my mind, and though I am native here, and to the manner born, it is a custom the most honored in the breach than the observance. This heavy-headed rabble, east and west, makes us produce it and tax it of other nations. They clap us drunkards, and with swinish phrase, they soil our addition. And indeed, it takes from our achievements, though performed at height, the pith and the marrow of our attribute. And you know, so oft, in particular men, that for some vicious mole of nature in them, as in their birth, wherein they are not guilty since nature cannot choose his origin, by the overgrowth of some complexion, oft breaking down the pales and the forts of reason, or by some habit that too much overleans the form of thoughts and manners that these men carry, I say, the stamp of one defect, being nature's livery or fortune starved, that their virtues else, be they as pure as grace or as infinite as man may undergo, shall in the general censure of corruption from that particular fault. The dram of evil doth all the noble substance of a doubt to his own scandal. Look, my lord, it comes. Ministers of grace, defend us. Be thou a spirit of health or goblin damned. You bring with thee airs from heaven or blast from hell. To be the intense, wicked or charitable, thou comest in such a questionable shape that I will call thee Hamlet. King. Father. Royal King, let Answer me! Let me not burst in ignorance, but, but tell why thy canonized bones, hearsed in death, have burst their cerements. Why the sepulchre, wherein we saw thee quietly interned, hath opened his ponderous and marble jaws to cast thee up again. What may this mean? That thou, dead course, again in complete steel, revisits thus the glimpses of the moon, 
making night hideous and we fools of nature so horribly to shake our disposition with thoughts beyond the reaches of our souls. Say why this is. Wherefore? What should we do? It beckons you to go away with it. As if it's some apartment to desire to you alone. Look with what gorgeous action it waves you to more removed grounds. But do not go with it. No, by no means. They will not speak. And I will follow it. Do not, my lord. Why? What should be the fear? I'd rather set my life in a pin's fee. And as for my soul, ha! What could it do to that? Being a thing immortal as itself. It weighs me forth again. What if it tempts you toward the flood, my lord? Or to the dreadful summit of the cliff that beetles over his base into the sea? And there assumes some other horrible form which might deprive you your sovereignty of reason and draw you into madness. Think of it. The very place puts toys of desperation without more motive into every brain that looks so many fathoms to the sea and hears it roar beneath. It waves me still. Go on. I'll follow thee. You shall not go, my lord. Hold off your hands. Be ruled, you shall not go. When my fate cries out and makes each petty artery in my body as hardy as the Nehemiah's lion's nerve. Still am I called. Unhand me, gentlemen! By heaven, I will make a ghost of him that lets me! I say away! Go on. Let's follow. Does not fit us to obey him. Have after. To what issue will this come? Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Heaven will direct it. Nay, let's follow him. Act 1, Scene 5. Where will that lead me? Speak! No, go no further. Mark me! I will. My hour is almost come when I to sufferance and tormenting flames must render up myself. My last poor ghost. Pity me not, but lend thy serious hearing to what I shall unfold. Speak, I am bound to hear. So are thou bound to revenge when thou shalt hear. What? I am thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night, and for the day confined to fast in fires till the foul crimes done in my days in nature are burnt and purged away. But I, I am forbid to tell the secrets of my prison house. I could a tale unfold whose lightest word would harrow up thy soul, freeze thy young blood to make thy two eyes like stars start from their spheres. Thy knotted and combined locks to particular hair to stand on end, like quills upon the fearful porpentine. But this eternal blazon must not be to ears of flesh and blood. List, list, oh list, thou didst ever thy dear father love. Oh, God. Revenge this foul and most unnatural murder. Murder? Murder most foul in the best it is. But this most foul, strange and unnatural. For hates me to know it, that I with wings as swift as meditation or the thoughts of love may sweep to my revenge. I find thee apt. 
duller shouldst thou be than the fat weed that roots itself in ease on Lethe's wharf. Wouldst thou not stir in this? Now, Hamlet, tis given out that sleeping in my orchard, a serpent stung me. So the whole ear of Denmark is by a forged process of my death rankly abused. But no, thou noble youth, the serpent that did sting thy father's life now wears his crown. Oh, my prophetic soul, my uncle. I, that incestuous, that adulterous beast with witchcraft of his wit, traitorous gifts, so oh, wicked wit and gifts that have the power to seduce one to his shameful lust, will of my most seeming virtuous queen. Oh, Hamlet, what a failing off was there from me, whose love was that of dignity that it went hand in hand, even with the vow that made her in marriage, and a decline upon a wretch whose natural gifts were poor to those of mine. But virtue, as it never will be moved, a lewdness court in the shape of heaven, no lust, though to radiant angels link, will sate itself in a celestial bed and prey on garbage. But soft, methinks I sent the morning air. Brief, let me be. Sleeping within my orchard always of the afternoon, upon my secure hour, my uncle stole with juice of cursed hemodon and a vial, and in the porches of my ear did pour the leprous distillment whose effect holds such an enmity with blood of man that swift as quicksilver it courses through the natural gates and alleys of the body, and with a sudden vigor doth posit and curd like eager droppings into milk the thin and wholesome blood so did it mine and the most instant tether barked about most lazar like with vile and loathsome crusts all my smooth body thus was i sleeping by a brother's hand of life a crown of queen at once dispatched cut off even in the blossom of my sin, unhouseled, disappointed, unannealed, no reckoning made but sent to my account with all my imperfections on my head. Oh, horrible, oh, horrible, most horrible. If thou hast nature in me, bear it not. Let not the royal bed of Denmark be a couch for luxury and damned incest. But howsoever thou pursuest this act, taint not thy mind, nor let thy soul contrive against thy mother aught. Leave her to heaven and to those thorns that in her bosom lodge to prick and sting her. The glowworm shows the matin to be near, begins to pale this unaffectual fire. Adieu, 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 remember me. Oh, you host of heaven. Oh, earth. And what else? Shall I couple hell? Hold, hold my heart. And you, my sinews, grow not instant old, but bear me stiffly up. Remember thee? 
while memories holds a seat in this distracted globe. Remember thee from the table of my memory. I'll wipe away all trivial fond records, all saws of books, all forms, all precious past that youth and observation copied there. And thy commandment all alone shall live within the book and volume of my brain unmixed with base of matter. Yes, by heaven, O oh, most pernicious woman, a villain, a villain, you smiley, damn villain. My tables. Meeting it, I set it down that one may smile and smile and be a villain. At least I'm sure that it may be so in Denmark. So, Uncle, there you are. Now to my work. It is adieu. Adieu. Remember me. I have sworn it. My lord, my lord. Lord Hamlet. Heaven secure him. It's so be it. Hello, ho, ho, my lord. Oh, hello, ho, ho, boy. Come, bird, come. How is it, my noble lord? What news, my lord? Good, my lord, tell it. No, <laughs> you'll reveal it. Not I, my lord, by heaven. Nor I, my lord. Well, how say you then? Would heart of man once think it, but you'll be secret? I, by my heaven, lord. My lord. There's no villain dwelling in all of Denmark, but he's an errant knave. There needs no ghost, my lord, come from the grave to tell us this. Why, right? You are in the right. And so, without more circumstance at all, I hold it fit that we shake hands and part. And you, as your desire shall point you, for every man has his own business and desire, such as it is. And... For my own poor part, look here, I will pray. These were but wild and whirling words, my lord. Oh, I'm sorry they offend you heartily. Yes, Faith, heartily. There's no offense, my lord. Oh, yes, by St. Patrick, but there is, Horatio, and much offense, too. Touching this vision here it is an honest ghost that let me tell you and for your desire to know what is between us I'll master it as you may and now good friends as you are friends scholars and soldiers you give me one more poor request what is it, my lord? We will. Never make known what you have seen here tonight. My lord, we will not. Nay, I swear it. In faith, my lord, not I. Nor I, my lord. Upon my sword. We have sworn, my lord, already. Indeed, indeed, upon my sword, indeed. <laughs> oh boy, you sayest thou so? About that true penny? Come on, come on. You hear this guy in the cellarage? Consensus where? Propose the oath, my lord. 
Never speak of this that you have seen. Swear by the sword. Where? <laughs> can you be? That world's shift out ground. Come hither, gentlemen, and lay your hands upon my sword. Swear by my sword never to speak of this that you have heard. Swear by his sword. Well said, Omol. Can't work in the air so fast. Worthy pioneer. Okay, once more remove, good friends. Oh, day and night, but this is a wondrous strange. And therefore, as a stranger, give it welcome, Horatio. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. But come, here, as before, never. So help you mercy. How strange or odd so I bear myself. As I perchance hereafter shall think me to put an antic disposition on, that you, at such times seeing me, never shall with arms encumbered thus, or this head shake, or by pronouncing some doubtful phrase as, well, well, we know. We could, and if we would, or if we lose to speak, or there be, and if they might, or any such ambiguous giving out to note that you know aught of me. This not to do. So grace and mercy at your most need help you. Swear. Well. Rest, perturbed spirit, rest. So gentlemen, with all my love, I do commend me to you. I'm so poor a man may do to express his love and friending to you and God willing shall not lack. But let us go in together. And still your fingers on your lips, I pray, because the time is out of joint. <sighs> Curses spite that if I was born to set it right. <sighs> May, come, let's go together. 